Boy, howdy. I sure do love Nicolas Cage. Almost as much as I love McRibs. McRibs are delicious. I should get a McRib. Oh, hey, Cannon. How you doing? That's a nice guitar. Is that new? Uh, yes, where I did have the chef's salad with McRib sauce. It's a travolting development. His movies are kind of shit. Fifteen years without a hit. Hey! It's John Travolta! Oh, it's time. It's time. Oh my god, it's time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Travolting Development. Now, if you're here for Cajun Greatness, uh, I'm sorry. April Fool's, bitch. <laughs> April fucking fools. <laughs> it's Thursday. You know what that means. It's that cannon guy. I'm steering the ship, but with the help, with the help of my co-host... It's Psychopathic Pat. You didn't have to hit me with a damn guitar. Well, I mean, I was, I got the stimmy and I needed a new one. So I figured, you know, I could sell, I can draw more dimes than Jeff Jarrett. That's all I'm saying. That is true. But <laughs> you have like Elias, Jeff Jarrett, Cannon. That's not Cheers. inaccurate. Oh, man. Well, it's your normal host, but not today because I've been wounded. I will say, Shim, all those ropes are really pulling the look together. Yeah, I feel like the ropes are unnecessary. I, I mean, if you just asked, we could have done this. Yes, <clears throat> I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm also sorry for um, forcing you to record the intro to this show as well. No, you, you I was just sitting there talking about my love of McRibs. <sighs> but no, like that—that's your voice on the intro. You, you sing the song. I know. Yeah. I didn't feel that was necessary. You loved it. You're a showman. Don't lie to me. Don't you fucking dare. Anyway. <laughs> and it's Jonathan and the chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. Yes. Yes. Y-E-S. Yes. Today, we are discussing the 2019 release directed by Fred Durst. Starring John Travolta, of course, in The Fanatic. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, let me um, get some fucking notes out, should I? I wasn't even prepared. Well, and I have a missed call. What What is this? Now, Ken, I, I was going to say... Oh, uh, it's from you! Yeah, I was trying to call to tell you that the roads were closed because some idiot was driving 100 miles an hour up the road and got into a wreck and then ran from the cops. Oh, don't worry. I noticed uh, when I saw them and turned around in the mall parking lot and took the long way to the shop. Right. <coughs> and also, there's still a person loose in the neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. Question? So, technically... Our lives are in danger while we're recording also, this we can, podcast. We can also defend ourselves by letting it ha- be the first active fugitive on a podcast. <laughs> if only Cannon hadn't broke one guitar, we'd all have one to throw. I don't know. I think we have plenty down here. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we stay pretty guitars. strapped in the base. Look at all these guitars. <laughs> like one, two, three, four, five, six, I believe. Yeah. There, there's enough for somebody to dual wield. We, we also have yeah. the axe. Guitar like an akimbo axe. style. Like an actual axe, yeah. And lightsabers. And lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> so, we watched a movie. Some of us saw this movie two times. Yeah. At least two. Mm. At least two times. Now, 
I first and first and foremost want to get everyone roundtable about. I want everyone's thoughts and feelings and experience in like a brief summary, like we usually do. And I, I already know all of your scores. Everyone in the friend group has seen this before me. And it was like half stars across the board. Just a half star. It, it, was, it was a record-setting viewing. Um, no other movie has has this sort of blanket <laughs> unacclaim. Yeah, sitting at a 4.1 on IMDb, even though I... Even, mm. That's a little high. Hey, people People really enjoy cinema on IMDb. 16% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, 18% on Metacritic. So today, we're going to find out if this film is a phenomenon or if it is such a pot of molting shit that my reaction caused the neighbors to call the police for what they thought was a domestic disturbance. Well, you got there. (laughs) I'm I'm transitioning the gimmick to this show, too. That's fair. The gimmicks go with people, really, not just with shows. Yeah. I'm a man of many gimmicks. thousand and one of them. (laughs) And I'm a sucker for gimmicks. I mean, gimmicks are fun. So, Pat, what did you think of The Fanatic? Well, I gave it a very humble half star. (laughs) Um... Yes, it, I wouldn't say it was the best movie, but I feel like I wasn't in like the throes of agony. I felt like it was fairly watchable, if a little mundane. Um, also, there's just a lot of interesting choices all around. Also, um, John Travolta might be under your bed. Might be. Mm. So check before you go to sleep tonight. <laughs> Shim? I gave it a half a star. Really? It won't go wow. any lower. I would have I mean, loved that's true. negative stars. I feel like that should be a thing. Like, like remember when I said the ten star system is what I prefer? I, I think we need to make that a fifteen star system, going all the way down to minus five stars, <laughs> which is what I would have given this movie had I been given the option. Would it have been negative seven stars if it were in the Tokyo Dome? Yes. Okay. I just at this point, it's just. Like John Travolta, you want to say he's better than this, but then you start thinking about it, and he's fucking not. The fact that he's a movie star is shocking to me. It's just, like, how? Like, some people, like, fucking the dude from Clash and Wrath of the Titans. What's his face? Sam Sam Worthington. Thank you. The fact that he was done after those two movies and that Terminator movie... But John Travolta's been around for the better part of 40 years. That seems so unfair. And I blame Quentin Tarantino. I really, really do. Uh, I mean, Pulp Fiction was supposed to be his, what, like, big return to film? Yeah. One of his returns. That was Quentin throwing him a bone, right? Yeah. And then what has he done that was really, really good since then? I mean, to that level? Broken Arrow. Look, I love Broken Arrow. I do. Face Off. But it's not good. Face Off, definitely. I mean, face that, Off, he's the weakest part of Face Off. You're <laughs> fucking high. That's I why we're doing this show. I That's why it's Travolta that in development. It is literally, that movie is literally John Travolta acting like your favorite actor. Doing it pretty fucking well, I might add. No, he's acting like the way my favorite actor is acting to like him. It's not the same. He's not good. We're going to agree to disagree on Facebook. There's a lot of 40s right happening. <laughs> yeah, that's the crossover episode, because apparently this is going to be a regular thing, or you're going to hit me again. 
I mean, it doesn't have to be a regular thing. We, we always just see how things plan out. We'll also see how soft your head is. Love you, too. I, I have to say, I, I did come in with a little bit of butterflies uh, walking into the basement. This is my first hosting duty. And uh, uh, truth <laughs> be told, I came in with a ha- half a plan. But I still think this half a plan is going to pay off. Eh, you'll be fine. Yeah. Jonathan, what did you think of this Fred Durst masterpiece? His triptych in di- di- directorial Yeah, effort. this is actually his third movie? Yep. Wowzer Bowser. I mean, if I had Fred Durst fuck you money, I would make a movie too. But holy fuck, is this movie bad? <laughs> and not only is it just bad, like, like, like I remember the first time we watched it, we were hanging out with the boys from the AYCH crew. A little, a uh, little show you might have heard of. A little show you might have heard of. <laughs> and um, AY what? Huh? Rude. Continue. <laughs> And, and you know we had a, a a little bit of the bubbly. You say? Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. As I'm wearing my Jericho shirt. Ooh, you are. Uh, but even the little bit of the bubbly did not <clears throat> make that movie any better. In fact, <laughs> I was mad and I was screaming. And I think I woke Cody's neighbors because we will get into it. But man, is it bad? Like. And not only is it just bad, it's not even the fun bad. It's, you can tell Fred Durst is trying to make something meaningful, artistic. He's shooting for the fucking stars. He's trying to be Mr. Fucking Profound, Mr. Orson Welles himself, and 1970s Francis Ford Coppola. And whoo, he, he, he strikes out. It's not good. <laughs> Yeah, don't you already have um, a vendetta against Fred Durst anyway? Before going into this film, I mean, yeah, because Limp Biscuit sucks fucking ass, <laughs> and I don't understand why they were popular. Thank you. It was like harking back to the uh, new Thank metal you. episode of the yeah. AYCH podcast. We, we gave them a, a, a lot of uh, virtual uh, ink for that episode. Thanks, Carson Daly. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Were they like best friends or something? I I don't know. Whip Biscuit was on MTV way too fucking much. I mean, they were. Yeah. Think a dude like Fred Durst has friends? Not really. No. He's even admitted that like the the members of Limp Biscuit they weren't friends. Yeah. I believe in an interview of August of last year. Just like Penn and Teller aren't friends. They're nope. just business associates. Yeah. I believe it. Well, they, they said that, and then he, uh, Teller also, or Penn also said, like, we started his businesses, but he's still, like, more than likely, like, my best friend more than anybody else. Just yeah. not a classic friend relationship. Yeah, uh, but then they're also, I think Penn is just sort of generally like a little bit of a difficult person. Probably. Yeah. It's the Mythbusters who aren't friends at all. No, yeah, yeah. they're not friends. No. For some reason, for a split second, I thought one of them was dead, and then I was like, "No, that's not right." But Grand Mahara is, and that's sad. And I, I don't remember their names, but isn't the one with the hat like a raging asshole? Uh, Jamie Heineman. Yeah, I he guess. Seems like kind of a dick. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's an asshole or he's just very, very stern. Allegedly, very an asshole. Allegedly, <laughs> supposedly. <clears throat> okay, so. I feel that before I give my thoughts on the film. We should talk about the film. 
So, a little brief summary before we continue on. <laughs> <laughs> Caught tease cannon. I feel oh. like you might actually have to tie us up. <laughs> He's just rubbing the tip. Oh, man, you're going to make me go upstairs to get all the bungee cords. Man, anyway. John Travolta plays uh, a man named Moose. He is... Uh, he works on the Hollywood... Uh, was it Walk of Fame? Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, this film was shot an hour away from where we sit. Yeah. Right this second. Principal photography of the fanatic started in March of 2018, and our neighbor to the north, Birmingham, Alabama. So Moose is obsessed with this um, action slash horror movie star named Hunter Dunbar, and he really wants an autograph. Really wants to hang with Hunter Dunbar. And may have cro- may have crossed a few lines. No, he fucking nuked. He fucking <laughs> nuked them. <sighs> <laughs> you laugh, but that was probably the best part of the entire movie. What the fake noir of voiceover by that? No, just that line. Just that line. Just that line. Okay. Yeah. Also, uh, well, what, what about the, the deranged like chalk uh, sidewalk drawings that would like interspersed the film? <laughs> yeah, there was one at the very beginning, which you would think would be like the opening title sequence, but no. Like I believe, if I remember correctly, the movie starts. And there's a scene between him and <clears throat> this um, movie poster slash memorabilia store owner uh, or what have you. And he's having a conversation and starts off with the infamous line, can't talk long, I have to poop. Which, as someone who, when they have to poop, it's go time. He talked a long fucking time. He talked way too long to have a grundle bundle in his gut. Yeah, that was a long conversation for having to poo. He might have just went boom, boom, and just like, well, I'm in the middle of the talking. It's like, could you imagine if he would have eaten Taco Bell? Or, I, or as I mentioned earlier, um, Domino's. Because after every last bite of Domino's, it's game over. Yeah, I don't think there would have been time to stop and say the line. It's been, hey, I got to poo. So, uh, Moose... Uh, then proceeds to buy a vest from a an actual vest used in a Hunter Dunbar film with a uh, giant uh, sequin Rico on the back, the name Rico. And he manages, he doesn't even buy it right then. Like, all he has to do is give uh, this guy the money by the end of the year. Like, I was like, whoa, you got a long, I don't know when this movie's happening. I don't, I, it doesn't fucking matter. But, hey, you got a big window to pay up. <clears throat> and I think it's amazing. I'm, I'm sorry, but he sells it to him after he tells him he's only signing the books. Only sign. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's I've, going to be one of 8,000 small things oh, that make no sense. Uh, yeah. What were you going to say, Pat? I'm I sorry. was going to say, Shim, I would like to propose to you a new line of credit. I, <laughs> so, see, I just, buy, I just get something and I have a year to, to pay it off. I mean, uh, I could do that, but I'm not going to, because I'm not an idiot. 
But who else would you trust to pay back over under a year? None of them. Mind <laughs> you, the vest was worth 800 in this movie, and uh, Moose was like, here, it's $300. It's all I have, even though I don't have it on me at this time. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. That was the exact line of, of reason. I, ha- it, I have $300. Okay, pay me by the end of the year. But what happened to the 300 you have? Like, why can't you hand him the 300 you can afford? A nice apartment with a shitload of memorabilia. Yeah. Why can't you hand him the three hundred dollars right then? There was no explanation. That's literally the line from line to line reading of, all right, I can give it to you for three hundred. Well, I have three hundred. I can give it to you for three hundred. Pay me by the end of the year. But you just ha- you have three hundred. Just give him the. Why are there extra steps? Yeah, it's just like pawning with extra steps at this point. And um, and another thing. He obviously, he, I mean, he made it known he shops in the store all the fucking time, yet he had no idea that his favorite actor of all time was going to be in the store. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm taking it the owner really didn't like Moose at all. It was just like, God, I hope he doesn't like find out that Hunter Dunbar is going to be here. That's the weird thing about the movie. Except for one dude and his weird Weasley friend, like except for these two dudes, everyone seems cool with Moose. Like, even the ones yeah. who, like, put up with him, they're like, oh, that moose, and then they put their hands on their hips, and a fun little jingle plays, and the credits roll. That's how it <laughs> fucking felt. Except for these two dudes, who I'm sure we'll get to, because fuck these dudes. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, no, everybody else is just like, yeah, no, it's cool, whatever, I don't care. But it's, it's just... And another thing that's important is that at no point is anything about moose identified that would explain the way he's acting. As far as this script is concerned, Moose is just a normal, everyday, average guy who just happens to have a lot of tics and mannerisms associated with other conditions and, and uh, what's the word? Uh, he, he's coded like an autistic person. Thank you. Yes. Yes, but why, oh why, would they establish that in the film when you have TV interviews, Shimmy? Like, for instance, I believe this comes from uh, awardsdaily.com. You may have not heard of them. Uh, so, Moose appears to live with mental illness. Did you have a specific illness in mind? And if so, did that inform your performance? John Travolta responds with, it was more on the spectrum. I don't always really like to look at people on the spectrum as having mental illness. I think it's just a condition of a state of mind, and I think he would be on the autistic spectrum or some variation of it, but functioning and able to make a living and take care of himself, I viewed him more on that as Asperger's or slightly autistic. I don't know if I really played him with mental illness in mind, but as an altered state of mind, a reaction to confusion. Okay, look, the fact... <laughs> the fact that Sia, the singer Sia, oh, has huh. gotten so much shit for her movie, and it's deserved, but nobody said a fucking word about Travolta and this bullshit. Oh, they did. They did. It's just this movie didn't have the fucking platform that Sia's movie did. <laughs> Because uh, the total box office was what thirty five hundred dollars. Not even that. It was like one eighty three, I think. Yeah, a little over three grand. This uh, film made when it was released in fifty two cinemas. So, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so fucking angry. Yeah, like uh, it, it's never said. Um, 
what could possibly uh, be up with Moose in this film. He's just it is just heavily implied. He even said in another interview that I listened to, he was just playing it off as a giant man-child. So we're getting like three different answers here. So, yeah. <laughs> God, we have to do a video cast because like one day... One day, live on pay-per-view, you're going to see Shimmy's head explode. Now, I, I think this would be a perfect moment to, to plug the new Nicolas Cage of uh, Cage and Greatness TikTok that Shimmy has started. So he just has, <laughs> he'll just have a video of himself just seething with discontent. It's going to be a, a video of me going full scanners. My head's going to explode. Oh, I'm yeah. so mad. I'm yeah. so mad. I, I really love my, my TikTok debut, by the way. Like, the whole, like, belly shirt lift and all. Thanks for that, Shimmy. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope everybody likes our Christmas tree still up in March. You can find yeah. us on TikTok. <laughs> it's the St. Patrick's Day tree. Get uh, it right. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Caging Greatness is the TikTok name. Uh, we have one video. We'll probably have more at some point. I don't fucking know. Okay, so before I um, finish what little snippet of uh, interview I have uh, to, you know, finally break you... Let's keep talking about the movie, eh? So, um... Could you just hit me with a guitar instead? All these are nicer than the one I hit you with. Mm. I mean, they are harder. Probably do more damage. But we need you for the show, man. Uh, fine. Anyway. So, um... Moose has this friend named Leah, I believe. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't really matter. Generic white woman. Generic white woman who was happens... Was she white? Uh, she was Latina. I... I don't know. She, I'm not sure if they really thought it out either. Oh, no, I, I know they didn't. I was asking more about the actress, not the... No, oh, that, I, that I'm not... I don't have that. her name in front of me. But um, <clears throat> she's a paparazzi, and... Uh, That's a good song. Paparazzi. Yeah. So. yeah. But uh, they could, couldn't... Uh, all uh, six or seven uh, production companies couldn't uh, get the budget to get the licensing for that song, unfortunately. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, she, um, I guess, basically, in a way, like, look, looks after Moose sometimes just to make sure he didn't get, doesn't get in trouble and sneaks him into a party um, because she had a tip that Hunter Dunbar was going to be at this party. And she asked Moose to whip out the bolt cutters. Well, whip, whip out the cutters, and he pulls out a pair of scissors. And then says, well, I said bolt cutters, and he screams... I don't know what they are. And that, and that very, like, huffy, childlike exasperation. I don't know what they are. Can we explain what John Travolta looks like in this film for the listeners? Oh, just just Google image search. Oh, I'm going to put a picture of this shit on the posts for this episode. Good. People need to know. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, the actress, by the way, is Canadian, but of Albanian and Spanish descent. Okay. Oh. I believe Devin Sawa is also Canadian. Yeah. So He, he plays Hunter Dunbar. Yeah, he is Hunter Dunbar. Oh, oh, oh. Um, by the way, like, uh, this, this party, this scene really didn't make a whole lot of shit. Uh, Hunter Dunbar's not there, and uh, he is asked to leave because he approaches an actress that's there and... You just know. makes her very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. While making the audience very uncomfortable, because it's a number of scenes that make me want to cringe into my own asshole. Speaking of the scene before this, I should have brought up where he is, like, practicing what he's going to say to Hunter Dunbar when he meets him. 
I watch all your VHSs and DVDs. And like at the same time, for some reason, I don't remember. Everyone says that. But um, again, Hunter Dunbar's not there, so he goes to his job where he portrays a Bobby, an English Bobby, a, a, a caricature of a British policeman from yes. a era bygone. Where he and and it is a scene that holds on him for quite a while of him just saying poppycock. Now, I, I will say, this is around the part of the movie <laughs> where I was like, I did. why is Fred Durst trying to make his version of the of Joker? Yeah. Because it's almost... It's a little Joker. It's, it's, it's a little Jokery. John Travolta lives in a society. I mean, yeah, it's like... Apparently it's a it's society like a, of two people and an actor, according <laughs> to the movie. It's a new metal version of Taxi Driver. <laughs> That's, oh my God, put it on the fucking uh, Blu-ray case. New metal uh, Taxi Driver. <laughs> I, I would love to see a recut of Taxi Driver, like Criteria, but they just swap in like all the blue me- all the new metal <laughs> bands of the era. We got Mushroom Head, we got Seether, Puddle of Mud... All them gems. Oh. Gems. And then um, these um, the shitheads you were referring to earlier. Yeah. These uh, two panhandlers, uh, they are hawking uh, magic and illusion while the other takes money, takes wallets and just pickpockets everyone, which really confused me when the guy who, you know, shoves a nail through his nose for a magic trick, uh, which he doesn't. It's all bullshit because it's magic. Um how are they throwing out money if they just got it lifted from them? Yeah, this whole chunk of movie bothers me more than almost as much as the Travolta everything else. Because here's what here's why: in this scene that you're describing, there are so many inconsistencies with other scenes. So douchebag A shoves a nail through his nose and demands yeah. people give him money. While douchebag B silently slinks through the crowd and pickpockets them. And after that, you're right, they start throwing money into the bucket. But then they get mad at each other, right? And so, like, huh, douchebag A's like, I don't need you, bro. I'll find somebody else to be really good at pickpocketing, even though that's not a skill you just pick up on the go. And so they get in a fight, and douchebag B leaves. And so then douchebag A is like, yo, Moose, I've seen how good you do that British accent. I trust you to help me pickpocket shit. Okay, first off, <laughs> first off, Moose can't even walk properly because Travolta has chosen to play him like a statue almost. He he he's a sort of sort of sides like penguin walks around. Okay, yeah. but, high shoulders and whatnot. Like like how he is, he doesn't swing his arms. No, how is he expected to be subtle enough? To pickpocket. This is some bitch who goes, This is Hollywood where dreams are made of. And that horrible accent is better than his accent, by the way. I was trying to be bad, and it's better than his trying to be good. And I don't know if Travolta's actually doing a bad accent, or if he's actually trying, and Fred just didn't want to tell him to stop, like Keanu Reeves in that Dracula movie. So, <laughs> so douchebag A fires douchebag B from pickpocketing, and then says, You know what? Fuck it, I'll get Moose. And Moose is like, no. 
And that's it. And then later on, douchebag A and B accost Moose in a bathroom where they're like, ah, oh, he's just an idiot. We don't like this guy. But, like, how are they friends again? You don't yeah. know. They don't say. And then later on, Todd, douchebag A, is like, Moose, you're going to help me tonight, right? I need your help making money. Well, what happened to douchebag B? I'll tell you what happened. The bathroom scene was supposed to go before the breakup scene, and they didn't fucking do it. And they just said, oh, no one's going to care. Who's watching at this point? <laughs> so the entire chronology of this one character, douchebag A, is so fucked up that even wishing that I could just bash my head against the wall into the sweet, sweet oblivion of unconsciousness, I'm still seeing this bullshit of Fred Durst can't be bothered to put his scenes in the right goddamn order. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, just, I just never thought to give this movie that much thought, really. <laughs> Not even after the second viewing. No. <laughs> See, I just thought they made up because they were friends. Well, if they made up, then where did he go? Why did he need Moose before Moose grabbed him by the throat and started screaming? And a security guy, the wise old man, was like, oh, good job, Moose. I am glad you accosted that young man. Yeah, where he's just, like, giving out pretty sound advice for, like, normal people, but then, like, Moose, because he doesn't understand, like, figurative language, takes it a little too far. Later on in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because before all that, well, but yeah, before that huge chunk of the movie that Shimmy just described to that you. That was like four minutes spread across. No, the that was longer than four minutes. You see, you skip the part where he actually meets Hunter Dunbar. Well, I mean, no, those, the Todd scenes are like four minutes total of the movie. Yeah, I just know. jumbled around. They didn't care what order they came in. Why should anybody else? Fucking Fred Durst. <laughs> Assemble your own movie. It's like a puzzle. Uh, like, they, they, it's, Fred Durst was just expecting you to rolling, 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 rolling with it. I will not have any rolling slander in this house. Thank you very much. I am a um, big booger red taker sympathizer, okay? <laughs> the motorcycle American badass, baby. <laughs> you know, when that gimmick started for Undertaker, <laughs> everyone hated it. I know. I hated it. I know. But for some reason, over the last few years, everyone's just sort of changed their mind. Like, oh, I loved American Badass Biker Taker. It's like, no, no, you didn't. Yeah, but here's the difference. I liked it then. Well, sure. And I expected that. Because you, you keep what does that opinion. mean? That means that I trust you not to <laughs> means that I trust you not to backtrack for popularity. Yeah, like because and I mean bad taste. Granted, uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, just the first um, part. Yeah. Um, Depending on what you rated this movie, I might have to revise that statement. Oh, do you want to find out? I mean, at the end, sure. Yeah. Can you tell us? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, American Badass Taker, right? <laughs> <laughs> Far I, more interesting than the finale. I love how we're not talking, we're finding any, in every excuse <laughs> I mean, to st- not talk about this piece no, of shit. No, no, no. Here we go. More Undertaker. If I was playing the same character for, what was this at this point, like 20 years? Uh, yeah, I'd like I'd a little get, break. Sure. Maybe. I would... I, I don't you know, blame him for wanting to do it. I just didn't like it. Yeah, that's fair. I understand why people didn't like it. But well, only two versions of the Undertaker this entire career. We have a zombie with magic powers yeah. and a redneck on a bike. Yeah. Undead zombie wizard and grumpy West Texas redneck. Yes. Yes. So 
Uh, Moose makes it to the store for the book signing, and when he gets to Hunter Dunbar, uh-oh, he's got to go outside because his ex-wife is out there with Hunter their Dunbar's son. Ex, yeah. Hunter Dunbar's ex. And they're having their little tiff, and Moose comes out to interrupt. And of course, you know, that's a no-no. That's Rudy Pooty. Don't do that. But of course, Moose is Moose, so I guess he doesn't understand that. But um, this is a first interaction. It doesn't go so well because Hunter Dunbar threatens to punch Moose in the face if he doesn't back off. Yeah, why is he so mean automatically? Like, I mean, he didn't go there immediately, but he, went he there, tiptoed there. It was pretty. Like, it was pretty quick. In the movie, like Moose is clearly you know, uh, his you know special needs, or th- there is clearly something that isn't clicking. Yeah, right. And so this this actor's immediate response is, "I'm gonna punch this dude in the fucking face." Like yeah. Devin Sawa, calm the fuck down. Well, it's to establish this guy's an asshole. Yeah, but at no point in this movie does you do you feel any idea of who to root for? <laughs> Everybody sucks. Yeah. There's yeah. no. There's no character that you like. Well, and the thing is, is you can do that if with better material. I was but I, by, by the end of it, you're just like, why the fuck did I watch this? Because Hunter Dunbar is in jail and fucking Moose got his fingers blown off. I've already down two beers since we started recording. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and guess what, motherfuckers? So uh, yeah, um, I'll. Whenever we got there, I guess we're already there at this point. Um, again, oh, fuck it. If we can't go in order, apparently. We're doing it live. Fuck it. Frenders can't do, go in order. Do it fucking live. Top scenes. Needless to say, Shimmy is right. You really do not know who to root for. There's no clear good guy or bad guy with the events that lead to the ending of this film. Oh, I think it's pretty clear who the bad guy is, and that's everyone. Everyone. Everyone's complicit in this crime. We live in a society, y'all. Oh, man. It's... it's, I'm the moose, baby. (laughs) So, Moose finds out about this app called the Star Map app. Star Map app. Star Map app. That was funny because because Lee said it once, and then he said it immediately after I chuckled. It was like the Star Map app. Star Map app. Just like that. Star Map app. And Which, like, she shows it to him knowing knowing his history. Yeah. And, and knowing that he has a borderline obsession with this. Yeah, it's like, hey, don't stalk anybody when I show you this app that'll show you where the fucker lives. Haha, <laughs> best behavior, yeah. Moose. And, and then gets mad at him when he does the thing. It's like, come on, you would have to know. Fred Durst, you have to respect the audience intelligence that they... That this this poor girl would know. Well, I, I love how in the film he practiced with the app before he went straight for Hunter Dunbar because he talks about how Ben Affleck's house is huge. Um, so-and-so has two pools. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, that was it. How did I remember that? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and um, But then he, he, writes, he writes Hunter Dunbar a nice little letter and decides, hey, I'm going to hand deliver it to him. Uses the Star Map app, 
to find Hunter Dunbar's house. He find Hunter Dunbar's house. Hunter Dunbar not happy about him finding his house. Yeah, because Hunter Dunbar is out on his his uh, daily stroll with his son. With his son, and y- you know, rightly so, is kind of aggravated that this random dude is at his house. Yeah. I feel like he doesn't recognize him at first, but the longer he like talks to him and stares at him, he's just like, hey, son, turn on that, uh, fire up that Xbox. I got to take care of some business real fast. No, it is funny that it's what it's, it takes time for him to recognize this giant, like, garishly clad, singular haircut potato man. Like a gray I mean, Caesar style haircut, but it's a mullet. Faded on the side, like, mullet in the back. Hair gone. I haven't heard Shimmy talk in like nine hours. What's up over there, bro? <laughs> I was just letting you talk about the movie before I came in with things like, yeah, of course he's going to be mad that some weird stalker dude just showed up at his front gate while he's trying to be a good dad. I am uh, not a stalker! Yeah, like this, what the fuck do you think you are, Moose? <laughs> <laughs> so he finally gets his autograph, per se, because Hunter Dunbar takes the pin, and I thought he, like, legit stabs Moose at first, but he just, like, shoves the pin in his chest and just draws, like, a squiggle of something that you can't make out. I don't know what it the fuck it was. It was his name. He, he signed his name across Moose's shirt. I couldn't even make but that out. But here's the thing that irritates me about this, because the whole movie irritates me, but this is the thing with yeah. this particular section of the movie. When he stabs him with the pin, he just sort of rubs that one section... And then it cuts, and he's written his whole fucking name across Moose's chest. There's no, like, actual writing his name <clears throat> at all. And, like, he would have had to hold the shirt down to write it, because it goes from shoulder to fucking shoulder, right? And also, it's a black pin on a Hawaiian-style, multicolor t-shirt. So, yeah, like, you can't see shit. It's just, like, nothing about this scene, the way you just, Fred Durst thought it was going to play out, works. Not a bit of it. Not a goddamn bit of it, except, oh, no... This weird dude's threatening my kid who I love because apparently Hunter Dunbar's good dad. Like his kid seems to like him. He seems to yeah. care about his kid, even though in one scene he puts on limp biscuit because why the fuck <laughs> wouldn't he put on the goddamn limp fucking put his own fucking music in this fucking and like oh I love limp biscuit. Fred Durst <laughs> fuck you. Cause the it's not that it's just like conveniently in the background. Or subtly implemented. No, it's the movie yeah. literally stops. Forty-five fucking seconds. If he's like, "Yeah, I love Limp Biscuit when I was your age, bro." Yeah, Dad, I love Limp Biscuit. <laughs> and, and and it's none of the song. It's one of the songs you don't remember. Yeah, I've never I never heard the song. Like I dabbled with some Limp Biscuit back in the day, because like you know Limp Biscuit and wrestling kind of went hand in hand. There, it's like the what. Uh, who are they referred to from OSW? The the four or five uh, bands that Jim Johnson had on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the shout out to uh, OSW on that one. But uh, yeah, so now I'm actually glad that Shimmy talked about uh, those scenes with the two dipshits because those were pretty much just like you know uh, bookmarks between like pretty much the scenes where Moose continues to go to Hunter Dunbar's house. See, he hops the fence, and, uh, wait, he hops the, wait. He hops the fence one time, the maid sees him, he runs away. 
Yeah, the, yeah, maid, yeah, yeah the, maid, the maid shoes him off, and then later you get Dunbar and the maid. Ooh, how do I already forget about that scene? Jesus. It's like, she's like, I'm so scared. There's this strange derelict in your backyard. It's like, it's okay, and they just start smooching. Yeah, it's fine. And, like, and, then, and then they break apart, and it's like, I'm sorry. She's like, like, no, I can't do this anymore. But, like, what's anymore? What happened? Like, was there infidelity? Like, they've no. smooched in the kitchen before. But why? Like, why can't she? Why not? He's clearly not with the mother of his child. She hates his fucking guts. There's no, just no, there's no reason except yeah. to set up something later, which is stupid. Like, oh, I kissed the maid again. Oh, no. Random gardener <clears throat> that I just walked up to. So, after Moose's... And... and, and, and and the the gardener and the maid are both like clearly Central South American. To let you know, like to hammer in that stereotype, because you know Fred Durst is kind of a lazy writer. If we haven't established that already. Also, there's no security for a celebrity's house because Moose just his dumbass just like waddles and stumbles in. Like apparently, eighty oh. fucking T doesn't exist in this fucking. <laughs> like, like that back fence was dick high, at most. Hunter Dunbar's got a huge ass front gate, but the back fence that Moose just sort of waddles over is dick high. Like it's just, and then he surprises the maid for the second time. It can't tell us. Well, tell us what happens. Well, I'm going to scream he, if I have to say it. Well, the, th- the thing is, Moose goes back a third time because he dropped the note that he wrote, the letter that he wrote Hunter Dunbar. Uh, he's waiting in the bushes. The maid finds the letter, and then Moose jumps out saying, No, don't read it. Don't read it. And the maid proceeds to <clears throat> attack him with the the rug beater thing the that feather she duster. had duster or something, it yeah. looked it looked like the cover of like um Swiffer a dry mop yeah yeah like <clears throat> the thing you uh clean the uh, top of your uh ceiling fan blades yeah i think that's yeah. what it was yes oh and i do i'm i will continue i got to mention this and this is after the scene where he stood up for himself you know with the choking and whatnot hoping that guy's head gets chopped off by freddy krueger and ran over in the street uh, no, you're not saying it right. Oh, no. Well, do it justice then. <laughs> come on, Jonathan. Let's go. I hope Freddy Krueger would come and cut your head off and your head would roll in the street and a truck would run it over and blood would just gush everywhere. It goes on for a little longer than that. Yeah. I just don't yeah. remember it. And so that's when uh, he runs into, you know, friendly security guard again. He goes, I will make them something or whatever. Make them watch or whatever. I don't know what he's making them watch. Him, like, jerk it or something. I don't know. Hi, wieners. (laughs) Throwback. Uh, Anyway, after he's had enough, apparently, he... Hits her in the nose, no, and then she upper like ninja uppercuts her, <laughs> and then she hits a birdbath and uh, rip. Like yeah, she like did, her nose was driven into her brain, yeah. and then she went yeah. full million dollar baby on that bird feeder, and she's just fucking dead, gone. And, and this is what maybe halfway through the movie too. Yeah, like like sixty percent at most. Yeah, and, and it does not get mentioned. Again, until like towards the end of the movie, like literally the very end, because like this woman is dead in the yard for <coughs> what 
Couple Two and days. a half, three days. Couple days. Well, like the note that that Moose left was apparently there for a day and a half. Just a little shitty handwritten note on a stone in a garden. Maybe it rained, but it's just sitting there. And then she finds it later, even though she saw him put the fucking thing down. Because all of that was supposed to be one goddamn scene. He just cut it up. Because Fred Durst is a shitty, shitty person with a. Uh, he sucks at movies. He also sucks at music too. But like that was a given. But wait. There's more. There's more. After accidentally killing the maid, he noticed some wind chimes and gets distracted for some reason. He kills the maid and then spends 20 seconds telling her how to stop a nosebleed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because her nose is now in her brain and gushing blood. And he's just like, you that's a nosebleed. That's yeah, not gotta good. Get, gotta you got to get paper towel. towels and yeah. just shove them up like, in there all deep like. 20 seconds is not an exaggeration. He talks at the dead body that he just killed for 20 seconds before getting distracted by wind chimes. And because apparently his ability mentally to cannot discern when someone's living or dead, you know, he just saw both sides of their brain in. And he he doesn't have a life death object permanence. And then he just sort of wanders into (laughs) the house due to like the sparkling chiming of a little. Lawn ornament, but he at least Which he checked for insulting. lasers. He checked for lasers. Waves his hand in an open door. No lasers. And then it's just like a montage of him like banging on piano keys, um, using toothbrushes, brushing his teeth with Hunter Dunbar, or quite possibly his son's toothbrush. Yeah. I didn't look too closely at that. I didn't want to. Yeah, I don't want to know which one it was. And, and like looking through his medications and. and the whole thing reeks of Fred Durst going to John Travolta and it's like, we're just going to turn the cameras on. Do whatever the fuck you want. Do what feels natural. Do John. what feels natural. <laughs> but wait, and, and then fucking John Travolta really, literally making like offensive special needs noises. Like, like I don't know, This man. movie's bad. I mean, I feel like Fred Durst... Uh, may have been on to something. I mean, this movie was essentially 15 years in the making. Story time! Story time! <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, according to John Travolta, uh, a very long time ago, Joaquin Phoenix and I were at a party for Ladder 49, the firefighter movie. And Fred Durst was friends with Joaquim and somebody named Balthazar Getty. Yeah, I like Balthazar. Oh, yeah, Balthazar. Who is that? Getty. I'm sorry. You remember the Stallone Judge Dredd movie? Yes. Do you remember the like the, the younger tech dude that was working with uh, what's her face? The the Judge Hershey? Can't say I do. Okay, well he had a scar on his eyebrow. It's been a long time since I've seen that. That's Balthazar Getty. Okay. Well he was also in uh, a really good movie called Lost Highway. Yes, oh. no, very true, very true. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pat's showing me who he is. Yeah, I recognize him game. now. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the whole group of guys in that movie. So we were just there hanging out, and Fred was excited to meet me, but uh, interested in telling me that... Wait, did I copy this wrong? I, I copied straight from the fucking site here, sue me. Me, that really his first love is filmmaking and film, and the music he's done is the road that took him there and that one day he would love to submit something to me. So I give to you the man who wrote the lyric coming raw with no correction, saving all perfections for what I do with my erections. 
But since that track isn't Nookie rolling break stuff my way, the covers of George Michael's Faith, or the Who's Behind Blue Eyes, I've never fucking heard it. But he's a filmmaking genius, Jonathan. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I will say, in Fred Durst's defense, he is an auteur. <laughs> In the same way Tommy Wiseau and Neil Breen are all tours. <laughs> you get their unbridled vision, and that I I really don't respect, but you, you know. Yeah, like, I, I, I highly doubt I that. I get what you're doing. I highly doubt that Redbox Entertainment uh, Productions were, were stepping on any toes for the making of this film. Again, that was like one of the six. I don't remember the other ones. They're probably all bankrupt. <laughs> But God, I hope so. <laughs> this for is the one that, that did it. I mean, <laughs> for, <laughs> for the movie that literally made thirty one hundred dollars. Yeah, if I remember, the budget for this film was around eighteen million. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah that's, about, that's about average for a movie this size. Yeah. <sighs> so we call that a micro budget in the business. So Travolta is doing ridiculous stuff in Hunter's house. Yes. With a dead maid outside. Yes. That nobody notices. For not, days. Yeah. Not, for at least two, if not, not three days. Not even the gardener who, you know, he, he works had, He had the weekend off. There. No, to be fair, yeah, he had the weekend off. That was one moment where that made sense. He had the weekend off, so he's gone. I thought he just hunted and let him go because it was raining. Well, it was raining and it was the weekend, so he said, I'll see you Monday. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know what day it was in real life, let alone in that movie. Yeah. Uh, see, no one bats a hundred. He got something, right? Yeah. So, Hunter Dunbar shows up, so Moose has to hide. And Because um, apparently he's a stealth master now. Yes, he has the reflexes of a cat. He doesn't make a sound. Like, we are fucking talking snake eyes from G.I. Joe level stealth. Like, like and, in a, and like, in a better movie, this would be creepy, but in this movie, it's kind of funny where it's fucking Hunter Dunbar in the foreground and you just see a little shadow of Moose just like, poop go by in the background. I forget, was was this before or after he just said, finally, fuck it, and like burned all of the Hunter Dunbar merchandise he had? I think this, this was before. Because he, he, Hunter Dunbar comes home mm-hmm. and then immediately passes out from a combination of two different sleeping pills and a bunch of beer. Yes, they, which they shove in your Alabama face. beer, mind you. Uh, uh, and and then IPAs, IPAs are gross. Get it from Beham. That's when Travolta gets his phone and takes a selfie with him and unconscious Dunbar and kisses his forehead. Yep. puts him under a blanket and then falls asleep while remembering his life, uh, which was his mom with random dudes uh, and he's watching movies. Like it, it's like a weird, unpleasant mixture of the flashback scene from Scrooged. And the story of Rorschach. Ah, oh, I was getting Rorschach vibes from yeah, that one too. Like, yeah, because there's fucking trauma because he, the kid knows his mom fucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and then he falls asleep. Then his phone wakes him up. Moose's phone and says, "Oh, I got to get out of here." Even though Hunter Dunbar doesn't move because he's again zonked. The Wait, fuck out. we forgot. Not only does he kiss his forehead when he takes a picture, he like drops his phone on him first, yeah, and then gets the picture of the smooch. Then covers him with a blanket, and then caresses his earlobe and sniffs his finger after doing it. Yep. And then just, just takes a cat nap. Yeah. 
and that's when uh, that's when uh, Moose leaves, and Hunter and his kid are leaving. As like you like Limp Biscuit, I love Limp Biscuit, bro. Yep. And, and then he almost runs over Moose. Like he stops. He's like gunning, and then just stops and gets out and threatens him and shoves him and and screams, "You're fucking stalker, bro! What did I say? I am not a stalker." Yeah, that's that's what the response is for Moose. And uh, yeah, and that's when the the burning of the Rico vest montage yeah. happens. Correct, he burns all his Devon Sawa shit, and then Leah shows up to confront him about the um, social media posts that he's made, kissing Hunter Dunbar and whatnot. He posts he posts all of his like home invasion photos straight to Twitter. How dare you How use the app that I showed you? Even though I knew you were going to do this with it. How dare you, sir? How did nobody... Like, why didn't she report to the cops? How did nobody notice on this Twitter... I'm sure he's got, like, bot followers. One or two people. Because Moose is the only cop in this film. And then, like... I mean, you're not... You're until not, the end. Uh, there's yeah. a couple more, but still. But like, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Like, surely somebody been like, is that, uh, is that Devin Sawa? Whatever his fucking name is. Like, Which what? we have not mentioned is the best part of this entire movie. He's and the only one acting. Well, that and he was Stan in the Eminem music video for Stan. Yeah. So, like, like he's being Stan yes. after being Stan. And you can't help but think that Fred Durst is just trying to take a shot at Eminem. I didn't think about that until you brought it to my attention. That is, I, I would not doubt that at all. Yeah. And so, that, so like, she's like, hey, you can't put social media photos of you breaking and entering and harassing a dude. And he's like, you're not my friend anymore. And like, blocking you on social media. Look, I did it. And 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 then and then I don't remember what happens after that. uh, Between that and him going back to Hunter Dunbar's house, no, because like after he has his big like uh, stinky poo poo baby meltdown, uh, there's there's another like chalk art art drawing where (laughs) it just opens back up to Hunter Dunbar just tied up in his bed. Like there's no like him. Figuring shit out or really planning that much is just like a kind of just jump, yeah. just jump right to the middle. Which, That's as you right. know, I would say a little, a little bit of Fred Durst looking out for the audience. Well, there. we did a little get, bit of restraint. We did get a little bit of foreshadowing because we, in which seemed like a five minute fucking span, we got two more of those weird art illustrations that just happened in front of your face during the movie. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it's Moose laying down with a giant puddle of blood coming from his head. So tied up, Devin Sawa wakes up. like He's wrapped in bungee cords, just crazy bungee cords. Which I feel like he, I mean, unless his well, his legs were tied up, right? Like, yeah, his legs were tied up. Okay, if they were weren't, he could have got out of those weak-ass bungees on his titties yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, he was, he was gullivered in addition to the hands and legs being tied up. Ah, uh, yeah. And so he sees Moose apparently dead on the floor and freaks fuck out. But ah, just kidding, Moose is fine. <laughs> I jigsawed you. Game over. And then and then Moose comes back in with a Jason mask and a fucking knife, and he starts pretending to stab Devin Sawa. That's weird because you can obviously tell, like you know, that nice that nice. That, ugh, sorry, I forgot how I talk. That nice TV has helped out tremendously because you can obviously see that the knife is one of those that kind of like it, goes it, into itself. Yeah, it's a prop knife, but but then, it still jabs him a little bit. Yeah, like he's got stab marks. Yeah, and shit. He's bleeding. He hurting. And then he's like, ha, I'm not going to kill you. Well, then he grabs a can of gasoline and just starts throwing it on the bed. He's like, don't burn me, man. Don't burn me. Come on. 
Which is a no, it's just water, bro. Which this takes me back to a conversation Jonathan and I had not too long ago. We were, uh, I don't know how we got to it, but we were discussing the band Bullet for My Valentine. Yep. Oh, God. I rem- <laughs> <coughs> Hear me out. I remember their song, Tears Don't Fall. The music video for that song, uh, the ending, I remember because the, the vengeful girl pours gasoline all over uh, her ex and the girl that he's with. And they're freaking the fuck out, like, no, no, no. And then she, like, lights a lighter and, like, throws it, and ha <laughs> psych, it's water. Okay, the thing, and, you know, it happens again in the fanatic. The thing that bothers me is you can fucking smell gasoline. Yeah, no, like that. Why are you freaking the fuck out? And you're like, you're like wait, 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 huh? I, That's, I understand uh, water. that, though, because... Drink some Wawa. If I were to be woken up next to a dead body whilst tied up, and then that dude gets up and then pretends to fucking stab me, and then comes back with a can of gas like, and starts throwing it at me, I'm not going to stop for that bit to be like, I don't smell anything. It's going to be, I'm about to fucking die. So that, I get. Yeah, but my nose works a little bit. Well, so does mine. <laughs> also, I want to say I did read an interview where Fred Durst said that Hunter Dunbar was smell blind. Then why was what? he in the goddamn movie? Wait, Hunter Dunbar was Dewey fucking Cox? But that's not the shit that goes in the interviews. That's like you put it in the movie if you want it to make sense. Yeah, there, fucking, there's a lot. Fucking Fred Durst God. is J.K. Rowling his fucking movie. The few interviews that <laughs> well, I actually listened to and read and whatnot, like there were a lot of tidbits that, like, if they were in the movie, might have improved on it a little bit. This movie still bit. would have sucked, but I wouldn't be tearing it apart for the construction of it. This is like this is like that scene from Rise of Skywalker where they're on Exegol and it's like the whole new fleet of whatever the fuck it was. That the Palpatine final has. order. Okay. And then and then someone tweeted like the Star Wars account tweeted, "Ha! Ah, did you know that this was from like the history of like these guys were born and bred to be Siths?" And then Elijah fucking Wood tweeted them back like, "No, how the fuck were we supposed to know that? It wasn't in the movie." How are we supposed to know he's smell blind? How are we supposed to put it in the movie if it's important? Well, like it, I would say it'd be impossible to know uh, he was smell blind because I just made that up. Uh, April Fools! Fool. <laughs> surprised me that, that was the case. But even so, even so, my point still stands for whatever Travolta's playing. Like, like what is what is he supposed to be? Is he just a normal weird dude? Like you gotta say that shit on on a scale. On a scale from let's say um, let's say Forrest Gump to what was that movie called? I am Sam. Yeah, I am Sam. Where Sean is Pan. Moose in that scale? Past oh. I am Sam. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean he he's on the same level as Rosie O'Donnell in that one movie. Uh, Which I try to avoid her movies. I think the I one don't know what movie you're talking about. Th- there's a movie from the '90s where uh, it, it's like a Forrest Gump Gump type type of ripoff. Where Rosie O'Donnell plays a special needs person. Why? And, and it's bad. I'm pretty sure the only Rosie O'Donnell movie I've seen is A League of Their Own. I haven't even seen that one. It's, it's actually good. good. No, I, I'm it's sure it's actually it really good. Really, yeah, I've always wanted to see it. I just haven't seen it. It's worth a watch. Also, uh, we're on on this uh, spectrum of uh, neurotypical people trying to play people with mental disabilities as radio. Is that one of the Ooh. bad ones? Oh, radio is not good. 
I don't but that's more of a Cuba that's Gooding Jr. Uh, Cuba G- Getting Jr. Uh, that was a, that was a that Disney was... movie, right? Yeah. Oh, no, God. no. I think I don't know. It was based it was... on a true story. Yeah, I think it was Disney. I don't know. Disney don't makes know. a lot of things. Like, I'm just, you know what they line... didn't make? The Fanatic. There's a line from the movie Tropic Thunder, which whoa. I love. Oh, hold on. Hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, you've whoa. got one line I'm thinking of. And I'm not going to say the line. Yeah, we're not going to say it. But if you've seen the movie, you know the line I'm talking about. Yep. That's what happened with Travolta. Like, if you know what scene that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and comment. <laughs> and don't forget to click that bell. You know, I'm beginning to think it might not be a great idea for neurotypical people to play something that they're not. I, I kind of agree. But clearly that Sia movie was made from a point of view that was, and I quote, awesome, according to Sia. Where she teams up with an autism hate group, basically? Yeah, that's the one. Autism Speaks, yeah. Yeah. Where where uh one of my favorite directors actually directed a uh commercial for them and I'm really sad about that. Which one? Alfonso Caron. Oh no, did he? Yeah, he did the bad one. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, like it's- the, the, I am autism and I'm here to fuck up your life. <laughs> this does segue to a good point that I wanted to make. Just in general, because the last couple episodes of the show, we've had some issues. Uh, with people involved. So the Lovecraft episode we did, we were very open and honest about Lovecraft and his shitty, shitty views. And in that time, and I have put a disclaimer up on the episode. Yes. In that time, we have found out that Richard Stanley is an abusive piece of shit who nearly murdered, like, two of his partners minimum. Uh, And, you know, Alfonso Cuaron and Sia have some unfortunate affiliations and views and John Travolta is a Scientologist and also assaulted that masseuse that time and paid for it to go away. Yeah. So, for the the Color Out of Space episode, this is just a quick disclaimer, anything we said about loving Richard Stanley's work, we didn't know at the time because that news story broke like three weeks after that episode dropped. I don't don't think any of us said we loved his work. I was very excited to see his work. I liked his direction. I I thought... He seemed like a good director, and I recommended that Amazon Prime special, which I'm sure is gone now. Yeah, yeah. probably. But again, we didn't know. Yeah, that was and a little tidbit we didn't know. we don't endorse these shitty, shitty people and their shitty, shitty actions and their shitty, shitty views. Like Fred Durst. Like Fred Durst. <laughs> and especially you, Kevin Sorbo. Fuck you. Fuck you, Kevin Sorbo. Oh, yeah, Sorbo. fuck Kevin Sorbo. Zena was always better, you piece of shit. Oh, you damn well uh, know More it. like Jerkules, am I right? <laughs> oh, got him. <laughs> Roast mode. But, like, going back to a point you said, like, talking about things having to be in the movie, which I agree with, because... Especially Star Wars is really bad about that shit. Rise of Skywalker was terrible. I fucking said it. Cats was more entertaining. Fight me. I mean, I don't think anybody here is going to disclaim that. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker is pretty bad. Yeah. But you know what isn't bad? The Last Jedi. Damn right. (laughs) Fight us, nerds. That's my favorite Star Wars movie. Come at me, bro. (laughs) Eat shit, nerds. (laughs) But even if they dropped the the little, like, nugget, like a one-off line that 
that Moose is just a normal guy. He's just a little eccentric. It still wouldn't change the fact that he's still coded as an autistic person. Yeah, honestly, that probably would have made it worse. Yeah, because there, there's like a level of fucking dissonance there. It's just like little bits like, I mean, <laughs> this Moose makes money uh, panhandling, for lack of a better term. Um. Like, and he has a pretty, like, decently sized apartment, right? Yeah, like, I guess. Well, it's with stacked. him on the front of the door for Moose. Yeah. Moose Man coming to a theater near you. Like, I tell you what, this... There's so many ways you could do this better. This whole concept. And it's already been done better. There's a movie called One Hour Photo with uh, Robin Williams playing a very, very creepy photo dude in like a pharmacy or something. He becomes obsessed with this one family. And at no point is it like, oh, I don't know who I'm supposed to root for, or, oh, I think this dude has something wrong upstairs. Like, no, this dude's just fucking creepy, and he's, he's like, he needs to be put away in jail. And, and, like, you're supposed to root against him. Like, you just make that movie. Like this is just a stupid version of one hour photo. It's 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 been a very long time since I've seen it, but I was getting the fan vibes as well. I remember seeing a movie, but again, I was very young. It's like uh, your cousin Wesley Snipes and um, Shout out to cousin Wesley. Uh, Al, no, 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 Robert De Niro. Yeah, it's Robert De Niro's obsessed with a with a baseball player. I think mm-hmm. that's how that movie went. But um, but yeah, the the point I was going to try to make was uh, the fact that you know. Moose knows he's an actor, but then just gets completely distraught and just heart-fucking-broken that this man, Hunter Dunbar, doesn't want anything to do with you. Like, I read in, in interviews, they say that Hunter Dunbar, I believe the quote was, he's a good person, but a bad celebrity. What the fuck? That's, that's just fucking word salad. Fuck you. And before we get to the epic finale of this film, I just had one more quote from that interview from awardsdaily.com again. The interviewer says, Moose breaks my heart. And John Travolta replies, he breaks my heart too. If I even think about Moose, I start to tear up. He's the definition of a tragic character. Shakespeare tragic. Fuck and off. and I think he's in all of us. I feel like I identify with Moose's ability to admire and daydream about artists that you like liking. You like liking you equally back. I do think he's a beautifully tragic and I'm so happy that he has Leah to take care of him. During bad times. Okay, look. <laughs> okay. I knew that one would get you. I had to get it in before we were done. We definitely need to sit uh, John Travolta down and just explain to him what a parasocial relationship okay. is. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. I've been watching movies since I was a kid, like all of us, since I was a kid. And there, mm-hmm. are, there are several moments I can remember from when I was young, even up to now, where for some reason my, my empathy for these characters is really, really strong. Like, I was I was probably seven, and I watched the original King Kong, Black and White. It was on TV. Mm-hmm. And Kong died. And I cried for three hours. Because that sucks. It's tragic. Yeah. I shouldn't have been allowed to watch King Kong, but my parents were idiots and abusive alcoholic drug addicts. So they didn't give a shit. So, <laughs> like, I, I cried at King Kong. 
and he's going to kick Godzilla's ass in a few weeks. That's cool. But I, <laughs> but I cracked We're not having this discussion right now. <laughs> I, I, I am tired of this anti-Godzilla propaganda. Hey, hey, I don't not like Godzilla. Okay. It's just King but, Kong. But no, like, I, I cried at the end of King Kong. And then not long after that, I watched Of Mice and Men when I was 11. Because, again, my father's a fucking moron. Lenny. And, and it, was, it was the Gary Sinise, John Malkovich version. One. Yeah. And I cried for three hours. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the book is fucking brutal. Yeah. And then I watched Lawnmower Man around that same time. Uh, the one with we get it because again my, I just, it was on TV. Are you talking about movies you watched that you cried? No, no, look, or, it was on TV. And in Lawnmower Man, there's an ape that escapes from the facility where they're doing experiments. He gets shot, and I felt terrible. But then also, like the main character, the one who's who's uh, special needs and who gets uh, in the experiments, and they just fuck his whole life up. Right? I felt terrible for that guy. I like this level of empathy. It's, it's just off the charts for these movies, and I hate it. I feel bad for these characters. And, like, something like this, something like The Fanatic, where like, someone who clearly needs more support than he's getting has such a terrible, terrible time. And, like, the, the autograph rejection scene, like, my heart would have shattered with any other circumstance but this one. My empathy for this character, my empathy for anyone in this fucking movie is gone. It is not there. Like, I wanted a nuclear bomb to hit this city in this movie so that all of these characters are just fucking gone. So you wanted to be the one to nuke the line. Yes. Like, I, like there's no feeling there. Like, I feel nothing for these people because it's such a shitty movie with shitty characters who are played so shittily. It's just bad. Fuck this movie. And and I know we've talked about, you know, sort of the special needs angle of this a lot. And not to get too personal, but I have a brother with special needs. He specifically a low-functioning autism. And, And, like, I know a lot of people with similar conditions as moose or what he's coded as and, and and it's one thing to make this Forrest Gump type of movie like Forrest Gump is a little insensitive in that respect but like at least that's a fairly decent movie but like the fucking finale of this movie makes me really uncomfortable with how they like moose gets brutalized yeah we uh <laughs> And I guess we should go ahead and get that out of the way, right? Yeah, yeah and, and, and that's the other thing too. Like normally, I'd be right there with you, but at that point in the movie, my hatred for John Travolta—not even the character for John well, Travolta—it's well, well, not even the character. Like I'm not like it. Like I'm not even. It's like a, like a detached. Right. Like, the, the fact that they're doing that to someone who's clearly coded as autistic. Yeah, like yeah. like Fred Durst thought this was a good idea, that yeah. this was somehow responsible. Like, you're writing. mad at what he was going for, not what he did. Yeah. And, and I get, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, uh, I'm trying to get my thoughts together because <laughs> it is, you know, pretty sensitive subject. But, like, <sighs> like, there's already an issue in our society with how special needs people are treated in particular autistic autistic people like i mean they get shot by the police quite often unfortunately and and granted this movie is not going to have the reach of something like a forrest gump because this movie is 
thank God, because this movie's fucking dog shit. Yeah. But it still reinforces that that notion that like special needs people are or uh, I, I don't even yeah that they're dangerous that they're ticking time bombs. And, and I'm really tired of that trope. Like I, I mean, I was tired of it in Joker. I'm tired of it here. And, and like, and especially when, like, people with any sort of special needs are more often the victims of abuse like this. It, it, I don't know. This just feels wholly irresponsible. And plus, I, I want to say I remember because apparently wasn't this movie based off the like a true event that happened to Fred Durst like he was stopped by an aut- a seemingly autistic I, I fan I think so I I read that this was based off of an interaction he had with a fan but that's the that's all the details I've gotten from that yeah, how, I didn't dig very deep into he's that. probably a fucking liar that lies because knowing Fred yeah. Durst and well I mean he first off he said he had fans or, or unfortunately, <laughs> he is true in that respect. Or rather, I would, or maybe if it was, if this person wasn't autistic, like his sort of very poor understanding of what autism looks like, apparently, very clearly, yeah. judging from what happened in the film. Yeah. And, and what, the thing is, is like the higher sensitivity writers or sensitivity consultants, it's not that fucking hard. Why do I, I would that? say it was essential nowadays. Why do that when you can just rewatch What's Eating Gilbert Great and take cues from Leo? It's way cheaper. It's like a dollar at Redbox. I, I mean, you're... Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get this one out of the way. So, uh, Hunter Dunbar eventually gets free. He somehow convinces Moose to... Let him go so they can, you know, hang out, eat strawberry ice cream, watch so a couple of action flips, be best friends. He'll sign whatever he wants him to, forever. and Moose eats it up forever and ever. Amen. They even spoon a little bit in bed. Yes, they did. And uh, as soon as he gets one of his hands free, I believe Hunter Dunbar headbutts the shit out of Moose. Yeah, just bam, like full on European Pull, soccer head. Pulls out a fucking knife that would make Crocodile Dundee piss his pants and uh, starts cutting at the ropes, grabs a shotgun, and shoots off the fingies of Moose. I think he grabs a shotgun first. Like headbutt. Really? Reaches up. He had, he had both of his hands free at that point. Yeah. He, oh, like okay. He, his yeah. Hand, right hand's free. He unties his left hand after headbutting Moose, grabs a shotgun, blows off Moose's fucking hand, and then gets the knife and cuts himself free. Mm. Moose is, at this point, trying to get away, and then Hunter Dunbar kicks him down the stairs, and then, uh, let's see. He takes the knife and yep. no, blinds he, no, him. No, 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 not he yet. Shoots he shoots his eardrums side. out. Yeah, shoots uh, either side of his head so that his eardrums burst. Like, he doesn't hit him with the gun, yeah. but he shoots the gun next to his head. Yeah. And then, like Jonathan said, Hunter Dunbar takes the knife and pops one of his eyeballs with it. And the thing that, like, Hunter Dunbar gets, like, very, like, horror movie s- slasher vibe like oh god like oh i'm about to kill this motherfucker now and it just comes out of nowhere and it goes back to where we've we've already said this like there's there's nobody to root for in this movie to be perfectly honest and then but then he feels bad about it he feels bad about it but this this is what was so strange about the movie because like the whole time like i'm watching it just like 
this is just a dumb, you know, movie. It's just kind of going one out after the other. But, like, the only moment that really makes me pause is this moment where he's, like, brutalizing this man. And, like, that's where I feel, like, genuinely uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 And, and, like, you know, with the movie, like, even before this point, it's like, yeah, this is insensitive. But, like, I mean, this is, like, a bad imitation of Forrest Gump. And then once it turns into this, this is where I get really uncomfortable. Because, like, even though you're not sympathetic to movies because he's done terrible things, but, like, it's just... It takes such an, an unintentional, intentional turn. Yeah. Because, like, obviously this was like, oh, he's fighting back. He's he's taking the, the power back from this, like, uh, this situation. But then, like, because he's essentially, like, assaulting this, a special needs person, it just feels that much more dirty. Yeah. And, but then it's like, oh, it's, it's okay because he feels bad about it afterwards or something. And then just, but then you're not supposed to root for... Hunter Hunter Dummy Bar because Dummy Bar That's a quote. That's that, a that, quote. That, from is, the that movie. is a quote. What was I saying? You're not supposed to root for Hunter Dunbar. Yeah, yeah, he but, just lets him fucking go. Yeah, wraps his, his uh, nubs and Yeah, he uh, lets him go and, and then the cops come with with the gardener and then they arrest Hunter Dunbar for killing the maid. Because Hunter's now covered in blood. Even no. though they have like all this at best is circumstantial. He could have explained all of that away. And he How, well, no I universe. mean, there's DNA evidence. No, there's no universe where an actor doesn't have cameras surrounding his fucking house. True. And, and a forensic person can't tell that this woman is three days old and the dead, and the, and the son dead. Like where, yeah. where did Hunter's Bundambar's defensive wounds come from? Like, who fucking stabbed him? Why is there no knife next to the, the dead uh, maid who's been outside for Ligature three days? Marks. And the tragic story of Moose ends with a couple of dudes uh, stopping him for a photo because they believe he's just something out of a movie because they're in Hollywood, not Hollywood. They're in well, Birmingham. He doesn't even in there. He gets a happy ending, remember? It's a voiceover. He like he he's stumbling through Hollywood with his hand wrapped up. He's missing a fucking eye, and dudes are like, "Oh, great costume, bro!" And they take the picture, and then Leah finds him. He's like, "Oh no, Moose, let's get you some help." And then the voiceover says, "Oh, he lost his hand, but you know he's he's happy now." And then the little stupid little chalk drawing shows Leah and Moose hanging out. And Moose is now dressed like a pirate instead of a Bobby, and has angel a, wings a, for no, some she reason. She had angel wings. She well, was there were wings him. involved. So he gets to be a pirate on the boulevard now, uh, after kidnapping and torturing some dude, murdering a maid, and just fucking like fuck this movie. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. Uh. God damn it. I had a... What was I going to say? Somebody else talk for a minute. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Fuck <laughs> this movie. Like, I will say, like, usually... Like, I, something I started last year was, like, logging every movie I watch in a year and sort of ranking them. You know, you know, switch them around every now and then depending on how my mood change. The Fanatic is probably going to lose be the winner of the worst movie I've seen two years in a row. <laughs> you know the sad thing is I still think Left Behind might be worse just by the fake fact Ooh. that it's so boring. 
God, we've been talking well, about and, Left and Behind the, so much, we're going to have to do that one soon, or people are going to riot. And that's yeah. Or we could just rub the tip. All three of our view, <laughs> our, our listeners are going to be real mad that we haven't done Left Behind. Also, I we might know. have a special guest for that. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, someone who also survived church and Christian school life with me. Oh. A fun perspective. Uh, okay. I don't. Uh, we may have brought it up. I don't know, but like... Very in in random parts of this movie, this film is narrated by Leah, uh, Moose's one and only friend in this. Even film. Even before she's introduced, she's yes. the one talking. And you're just like, okay. Just like you know, I feel partially responsible for this. It's like you think <laughs> you are what, entirely. I mean, yeah, she's some part culpable. She is the villain of this movie. Like she put the gun in his hand, and he. I just mean, went, she's an enabler. I uh, I wanted to take this time. Before I finally give you my thoughts Mm. of the fanatic. Which I think we know. (laughs) Do you, though? I mean, I'm kind of (laughs) wondering. Honestly, I don't know. Like, who here is confident that they know how I feel about this movie? Jonathan, only hand up in the room. Wow. I mean, I'm confident how I feel about this. Oh, yeah, no, clearly. Know your own mind. Okay. Because he told me before the show. Oh, you fucking (laughs) that. You weren't supposed to say that. Y'all are sons of bitches. Son of a bitch. Anyway, I was going to take this. Sneak, see, and false. Not enough to hit me with a damn guitar. (laughs) That's right. I hit you with a guitar and kept you out of the loop, see? (laughs) Pat doesn't know, though. (laughs) Anyway, I just thought it would be fun. You know, we use Letterboxd a lot on... um, on the podcast and whatnot. We have a good time with it. I love Letterboxd. I might even sling them $19 just to try that premium shit out for a year. Oh. Maybe. I mean, the Stimmy has hit, so. You know, I mean, do you, yeah. there's, there's definitely a big upgrade in, like. I don't understand what they took away, but okay, we'll find out. But anyway, uh, should I start off with the uh, the good reviews or the bad reviews? I have three of each that I wanted you to hear tonight. I mean, you're the host, my friend. All righty. So, um. We're going to go with the five-star reviews for The Fanatic. Lay it down. Uh, oh, and I, I kept their names, but I'm not going to do it. I'm yeah, not no going to do it. This is not doxing. The Weekly Planet does this shit all the time. If anything, it gives them followers or something. I've got no... Oh, thank you for everyone who's been following me on Letterboxd because of um, the shows. Whoop, whoop. Yep, all three of our listeners. I've, more than three. Well, you're on other shows. Apparently, all you can hear is more popular than this one. I mean, this show is fairly new. This is literally the first episode, dick. Yeah, Travolting Development. Welcome to hell. The Fanatic, five stars. (laughs) Accurate. This is basically if The King of Comedy was actually a good movie. Whoa, John John Travolta really made me feel, in all caps, like I was Moose. Sorry, Marty, but you lose again. You see, the king of comedy also dealt with obsession. However, in Scorsese fashion, it completely falls flat. I highly recommend this film to any true fan of cinema. There's no way in hell that's real. That's a parody. It has to be a parody. They typed that. It's on there, but there's no way in hell they meant that. That that is a parody account if I've ever heard one. We got another five star here. Can't review long. I got a poo. Unironically, John Travolta's best performance since Pulp Fiction. Wow. I mean... To a degree, it is the first one he's done that didn't feel like just John Travolta. What? You mean he... Gotti? Come on! It's uh, just... 
Maybe on the next episode of Travolting Development. Oh, but God. the last <laughs> last five-star review I'm going to share with you, this movie is fucking insane. John Travolta's best film and the best movie of 2019. I actually love this so much. This got me more stressed than uncut gems. Okay, that one might be a real review, and I hate them. <laughs> All right, so on the uh, the opposite side... Of the scale. How did you only pick three? I'm sure there Well, I didn't want to keep you here forever with reviews, <laughs> so I just, you know, narrowed them down. With this uh, half star review, John Travolta so badly wants to go all Nicolas Cage and reach cult status for being terrible, but he can't because we already have Nicolas Cage and the world really can't handle two. The writing and direction are absolutely atrocious here. It doesn't even cross into funny territory for me. The whole thing is just a cringy experience. Another half-star review. A modern masterpiece is a term that would not do this film justice. Truly life-changing. From the $23 million to the $3,153,000 box office, it is truly immersive. The writing is better than anything ever wrote. I need to go. I got to poop. Truly shows the pure talent in the writing alone. That's a half-star review, mind you. And last but not least, uh, lock this fool up immediately. I put on his background noise, and the background noise got on my nerves. I heard it, it was bad, but didn't want to believe it. But holy crap, this is the bottom of the barrel work that not even six-year-old... Uh, I'm reading this by the way, word for word, will look at and say, this is a good movie. I did get some laughs out of this. So, I feel it's time for the world to know my thoughts of this film. Yes, the world of all three of our listeners. Yes, all three of our little world listeners. Pierce and Frank, Alex, thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, whoop, whoop. Now, I'm told we have a few more. Yeah. We have a few more. Ken and growing. Now. Huh? Yeah, Ken listens now. Yeah, you know him, Jonathan. Ken Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I work out with him sometimes. Yeah, I love Ken Logan. Bef- we played Pathfinder together. Yeah. Before Maybe I, one day we'll get back to that. Before I start, I have to end with a quote from the director of the film. I got uh, maybe uh, 20 minutes into a 60-minute uh, Q&A session that they had after showing this film somewhere. The, the channel was themoviereport.com on YouTube. And Fred Durst says... You can't unsee the fanatic. That's accurate. God, how I wish that were fucking true! <laughs> Testing out the I today. did not have a good time either viewing of this movie. And yes, I made you watch it again because I saw this the other day on the treadmill. Congratulations, we've all seen this movie twice. I'm a great actor! I mean, Anyone can do that! But yes, uh, I have... N- an <clears throat> Before I give my review, I did watch Stuckman's video. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this is part of his hilariosity reviews is insulting. How do, I know it's all opinions and you know different tastes, different strokes, different folks. How in the blue, miserable hell did he have any joy watching this film? How? Chris... I know you're not listening, but maybe you, you will. And also how? I have never had so little to say about a film this abysmal. There is absolutely no joy to be had, 
not even on a so bad it's good kind of level. Half a fucking star. It's uh, un- <laughs> and as a shock to no one, it is unanimous. Yeah, I, I was even Otto hates it. I was even Otto full heel right now on this movie. I wanted to try to plan out so many different bits for this podcast, but God, it's been a hell of a couple of weeks. And apparently it's only going to get more hellish, especially where I work. So, yeah, um, I watched this film the other day on the treadmill by myself. And I got to say, that was the longest 88 minutes (laughs) of my life. I can imagine. Uh, Granted, it was more fun. It was fun watching it with you guys. Like, I did have fun with that. Misery loves company. What can we say? (laughs) Very true. Very true. Yeah, where you can, like, mystery science theater this shit. Yeah. But, yeah, um, ultimately, yeah, uh, half stars across the board. This, this movie is, is, is not good. There's nobody to root for. There's nothing good about it. Um, it ends with an orphaned 11-year-old boy. Yes, it does. And, God, Fred Durst, you, you did give us my way, which in turn gave us the the best promo package in the history of professional wrestling for incorrect them. the Daniel Bryan monster promo package is better uh, that is uh, inaccurate and there are very many guitars in here sir <laughs> the my way promo for the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17 will never be outdone fight me even if it's in real life Daniel Daniel Bryan you're wrong 30, you're still wrong monster promo still very wrong what monster what's that song is monster by who by Imagine Dragon. Oh well, miles wrong now. But uh, anyway, no universe where you can confidently tell me that Imagine Dragons is a worse band than Limp Fucking Biscuit. I They're can, close. I didn't say that. I can tell you with one hundred percent certainty that the My Way promo defeats Monster. <laughs> anyway, um, anybody have any final thoughts? Because I definitely. Oh wait, I, I did have a way to end this movie. Oh, movie. This podcast. <laughs> I okay. mean, this podcast is feature length. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're trying long? out this new uh, new art form. It's called audio only movies. <laughs> well, how long I have mean, we been going? Uh, going about eighty eight minutes. So that's whoa, probably. it's an audio commentary. That is literally yeah. the length of that. One. Yeah, I mean, just well, now we're at eighty nine. I'll put a little note at the beginning. Just put this on while you're watching the movie. You'll have a better time. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this was going to be our longest... Well, no, no, no. This is going to be the longest episode of Travolting Development. I don't even know if we're going to do this again. <laughs> I mean, uh, we need to do Broken Arrow. We can do this like once a quarter. I would. I have never seen Broken Arrow, actually. I think you really enjoy it. It's like a fun 90s action movie, and Travolta's actually fun. He's yeah. playing legitimate crazy instead of coded autistic villain yeah. or whatever. Reason. There are John Travolta movies I like. Punisher, Punisher's good. Punisher. I, the Thomas Jane Punisher is the best movie. I know you're going to fucking say Dolph Lundgren, don't you dare. No, no, the Thomas <laughs> Jane one's a better Punisher movie. Yes. I love the Dolph Lundgren one, and it's better than the Ray Stevenson one. That's not Ray Stevenson's fault. He was a good It's Punisher. not his fault. He was a good Punisher. But he was in a shitty movie. Yeah, it was a terrible movie. Anyway, uh, yeah. Any final thoughts? So we're going to do developing development more. Yeah. What, what do we, we say? Well. This is going to be like a quarterly yeah, thing, like maybe? Yeah, every few months. So oh yeah, maybe I'll be a better host next time. How did I do? How did no, I do, no, everyone? I, did. I feel like I did terrible. Like, no, you did fucking fantastic. Like, seriously, this is you starting this shit on hard mode. Okay, what? This, this For is real. not like 
coming in with something fun, broken air. Like, no, we talked about representation and, and like, this was not an easy thing to start yeah, with. Yeah, I, I, I asked them before uh, I watched it for the first time if I should take notes. And uh, I was legit going to, like, use my second viewing to take notes. But like Jonathan said, there's not a lot to say. No. I mean, other than, you know. I'm surprised I brought up the things that I brought up, to be honest. Yeah, he went above and beyond the Call of Duty, and I, we respect that. I wanted to make a good impression on my first hosting duties. You did great. Thank you. And don't feel bad about the notes. These are my notes, because you guys know it. I'm oh, sure yeah. Who has notes? Share notes. them. These are my notes. There's four of them. Uh, it is the notes in order. One-hour photo, that Robin Williams movie that you should all be watching instead of this garbage. I do need to see that. Piss-poor editing, which I screamed about for quite a bit. Oh, Yeah. Uh, people mad at Sia, but not this for some reason, which I mentioned. And then my final note, which I think is the most pertinent of all, and I, I will quote the full note here. Travolta sucks. <laughs> the it. end. That's the note. Nothing any more profound. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> Travolta sucks. Little, little tidbitty things here, because like, you know, like you said, the editing sucks. I'm... There's a shot in the movie. It's the two dip, the two dipshit pickpocketers, like where the movie is like in one like shade, and then everything just turns fucking blue for some reason. And see, I, I went yeah. back to look at that because I was curious. And what happens there is the camera pans over to follow dipshit one, and there's a big blue electric sign behind him. And that just takes over the camera filter. And they didn't edit it out. Just like that one girl who's taking a selfie behind John Travolta. That probably wasn't part of the movie. Yeah, uh, there was Yeah, there was a girl that just like takes a selfie with the back of John Travolta's head. And uh, unsolved mystery, was it a part of the movie? Highly doubt like, it. it was do prob- you think they even got filming permits for this shit? Or do they just show up with a camera? I want to know, like... Shot I, gorilla style. I've only been to... Um, to, I mean, I've been to Birmingham a good bit since I moved here, but like, I don't know every nook and cranny of it. Did uh, did anybody recognize anything in that movie? Like no, nothing specific, but like especially like Hunter Dunbar's like, uh, what you call it? His crib. Yeah, his neighborhood, <laughs> and, and like the way that that's like, oh, that's definitely upscale Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, like, and I, uh, I recognized a couple of the streets when they were just going up and down. Because yeah, I had to go through like downtown Birmingham a lot for my old job. Because like I, I was I tried to get as much material as humanly possible, and I even watched most of the credits. And it says when it gave gave like the L.A. unit, I was just like, "What did you do? Just like pay somebody with a drone to get a couple of shots of L.A. and then just shoot the rest of it in Birmingham?" Probably, yeah. They might have done more stock footage. I don't know. Yeah, they might have done a a couple shots in L.A. Like maybe, but maybe like the stars on the the walk, the Hollywood Walk, maybe yeah, something like that, yeah, and, and maybe some to... of the shots of him because there was on, on like the Hollywood Walk, yeah, because there were some shots they were obviously not in Birmingham, yeah. yeah. What do you so. mean? Did you, don't you know the Birmingham Walk of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh man, this um, this movie sucked. Yeah, but um, so I don't have. Amazon Prime access on my phone, so I actually threw Google three dollars to rent it and watched it on the treadmill. Oh, you poor bastard! I'd have given you my login. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I, I there's one, one more thing. 
<laughs> I I kind of went like full whole hog on this bit. The fuck did you do? Good lord, you I, bought it on Blu-ray. <laughs> what just happened is I just slammed a copy of the Fanatic on Blu-ray on the table. And, and it looks like a bootleg. Yeah. Look, I feel like we need to go full South Park. We're going to Fred Durst's house, and we need our money back. Like, does Jay and Silent Bob stomp his ass on his own porch? I, I committed. I spent at least $15 on this show. <laughs> and you know, you know what, Cannon, we respect it, but next time, you know you don't have to do what? All he wanted was an autograph, and Fred Durst, God damn it, you got some of my money. I'm just saying, like, this is a pretty good argument that stimulus checks might have been too much this time around. But to make up for it, uh, I also bought uh, Galaxy Quest, Birdman, and God damn, what was the other one? I don't know. I don't know. It's your movie. I know. I thought, I thought those were the three. I had four. Anyway, I bought like three good movies to cancel out the the one shite one I have. That's fair. Very fair. <laughs> but, we, but look, look on the bright side, we have a nice coaster for our coffee table now. Yeah, accurate. Just use yeah. the disc and play frisbee with Darwin and Piper. The dogs. I, I don't want it to like chip and like hurt them. Wouldn't uh, that be fair. bad? It's fair. But like, if I can make get like a frisbee that looks like the fanatic. Um, Blu-ray, then. No, just, just get a Frisbee and do those shitty chalk paintings on the front of it or something. Feast! Feast! That was the last movie. Yeah. I just remembered. <laughs> but God. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I think the only other movies I've seen that compete with this as far as, like, just pure, like, awfulness would be the Nicolas Cage Left Behind or Boo a Medea Halloween. That's very mm. fair. Yeah, fair. those two pop up a lot on this show. Uh, I mean, on the Cajun Greatness show, but the first time on the Travolting development episode, yes. But, um... Some yeah. S-tier bad movies. I, like, Left Behind is bad, but it's not offensive. Like, I didn't feel like I was being assaulted as a human being. I just felt like my time was being assaulted by poor filmmakers. I, I was really glad y'all were around because that was the most cringy walk I took on the treadmill the first time I saw this movie. Like... Oh, I can imagine. Like, I'm surprised uh, you didn't fall from involuntarily folding in on yourself. Like, my dumb ass was actually going to try to take notes while walking, but I was just like, you know what? I'm going to use the second viewing tomorrow. I even went to work the next day like, guys, I got to fucking watch The Fanatic again. Because <laughs> I did it for the bit. I thought y'all would be way more mad, but... If anything, we're <laughs> we're just gobsmacked by how like just commitment to the bit, the dedication like, to the craft. You know, I, I fucking respect it. Shared suffering engenders uh, affectionate feelings and empathy. Yeah. We've all seen it twice. Yes, you're one of us. One Why of would us. Why would we be mad that you also suffered? <sighs> like I'm not happy you bought it because that gave him money. <laughs> But I mean, I'm pretty sure Amazon got a big chunk of that one, too. I mean, that's not much better. Yeah, I know. I think I, that, that actually would be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Fucking Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I can't say shit. I'll still buy shit. I know they're terrible, but goddamn, those prices. I, I mean, I, I've literally got a package from there, Amazon. There's no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. That is very true. Oh, so um, uh, any other final thoughts about The Fanatic from anyone? Anyone? Anything? I mean, 
It's a movie. Don't recommend at at all. Like Stuckman. God no. Like oh, like the room. I've seen the room. I actually had fun watching the room. Yeah. This is not fun. Yeah, there's no like, there's no fun. To, there's no joy here. Every bit of me almost like just cringed into my own butthole. Like one hundred percent. And like if you're listening and you think you know all four of you, if you think that this will be fun to watch with friends. I don't know. Maybe, maybe find some illicit substances. I don't know. I don't drink or do drugs. I got no idea what the fuck you people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if you think it'll be fun to do that and watch this movie, you're wrong. You're just wrong. It's not fun. Like, please listen to us. Take this warning. Take our experience and learn from it. Stay away from this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Go watch Street Fighter 1994 instead. <laughs> You'll have a way better time because it's a great movie. And I won't hear otherwise. But <laughs> the only thing I'm thankful about this movie is it's short. Uh, it was an hour and a half, and it felt like three days. Yeah, it definitely felt like three days when, like, I'm well, walking like, on the treadmill and, like, the Sahara Desert starts playing in my head. Like, I can't get out of here. <laughs> like, like, I can't believe I didn't stop it. Oh, God. you just commitment to the bit. You know, I respect it. And like there was there was two moments in the film where like uh, I I stopped it, well I tapped the screen just to see how long it had left. I was at the fifty minute mark, and then like I was just like more bullshit happened. I was like, God damn, let me tap the screen again. It was at the hour and eight minute mark. I was like, Fuck, this movie's not that long. Why does it feel like the Snyder Cut? Which I haven't seen yet. God, I gotta find time to watch. There's no one has time to watch that shit. I didn't like Man of Steel. I hate BVS. I'm not giving four hours to somebody I know that I don't like their filmmaking. Well, since Man of Steel is the greatest Superman movie ever made, and BVS is still watchable compared to that garbage Josh Whedon fucking Justice League we got. I mean, I agree with that second part. I... Uh, either way, either way, pretty sure that four hours is going to be better than the eighty-eight minutes that this gave us. Eighty-nine and, and, and minutes. And plus, Jim, by, by most of what I've been hearing, it's been pretty positive. That's yeah. great. I still don't like Zack Snyder or his movies. I don't want to give four fair. hours to him. Like which again, is, I, don't I understand. Like Man of Steel. I hate BVS. Yep. Sucker fair. Punch was shit. I'm, I, not, I'm not giving Sucker Punch my time. Like, no, well, I'll defend Watchmen because I read some of the scripts they tried to make it with from the 80s and Watchmen's the best version of that we could have gotten but then he tried yep. to make everything after that Watchmen Superman's not supposed to be Watchmen Batman's not supposed to be Watchmen not everything needs to be Alan Moore or Frank Miller you dipshit I don't know out of the two Batman would be kind of Watchmen kind of kind of kind of And uh, sorry for coming at you like a chainsaw and skinning that ass raw for this hard cut. The computer froze, and uh, Shimmy almost had a heart attack trying to (laughs) make sure all of the audio was still present and accounted for. We did miss a small chunk at the end, but it was just us saying goodbye. Yeah, we were saying goodbye, and of course, the fanatic fucking sucks. It's terrible. Half stars across the damn board. That's right. Anyway... Thank you for listening to the first and maybe only episode of Travolting nah. Development. We'll do it again. Yeah. And again, for anybody who wants, any of the four of you listening, this does not violate our no edits rule. You can't edit something out if it doesn't exist. So, yeah, y'all just, fuck y'all. I've saved the episode. Yes. 
Um, Justin saved the day. Everyone, well, you can you can probably hear how much more defeated I sound versus <laughs> you're listening to like 30 seconds ago because I was <laughs> I am tired now. Yeah, I think we're all kind of pooped. Yeah, it's pushing midnight. <laughs> oh, on top of the harrowing uh, audio ordeal. Yeah, but anywho, want to thank you for listening to the episode. Um, hope you like it and. April Fool's Day and whatnot, uh, we'll probably do this again, but please stay tuned. There's going to be more Cajun greatness for your ear holes. I have been your host today, That Cannon Guy. You can follow me at That Cannon Guy on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram. That's the name. Don't wear it out. Uh, This is Patrick. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name. Follow my art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. And if you want to check out some good times over at AYCH feed, uh, we have a in-depth breakdown of the very first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. If you're wishing to listen to this to the week it came out, we also have a breakdown of the three movies of the Legendary Monsterverse. And coming out Tomorrow, if you listen to the week it came out, April 2nd, we have our very special spoiler field review of Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. I am very tired and if <laughs> I can like, find our TikTok, it's Cajun Greatness. Uh, follow us on social media, Cajun Greatness. Uh, I'm Captain Shimmy on shit. You, you know who the <laughs> fuck I am. I don't, I'm, I'm going to bed soon. <laughs> And lastly, my name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-B-O-I-24 and John and Son 12 on Letterboxd. Thank you all for listening. And remember, I am not a stalker!